Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on his day. According to Be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. To those who love God, he has word on your lips. To those According to his purpose, purpose, Now in the book of Micah, Micah the sixth chapter, starting at the first verse, it says this, listen to what the Lord says, stand up, plead my case before the mountains, let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusations. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? And that ends our reading for today. A pastor friend opened up youth Bible study by reading Ephesians 6. His goal was to encourage the young people at his church to honor their parents. The sermon transformed many families and his phone did not stop ringing all week. Little did he know his own son was listening to. Days later, his son asked his father for a private meeting. The dad consented and the son walked in and closed the door. Oh boy, the father thought, this is going to be a serious one. As the father settled his mind to prepare for whatever dark secret his son was about to confess, a spirit of peace entered the room. The son pulled out a phone from his back pocket and said, Dad, your sermon really made me think. I I know you'll be upset, but I must confess I have betrayed your trust. How so? asked the father. The son continued, remember when you took my phone? Well, I found it and decided to text friends behind your back. The son leaned his face into his own hands in shame and began to weep. Dad, I don't want to dishonor you anymore. Please forgive me. I am so sorry. Overwhelmed with guilt, the son began to sob uncontrollably. The pain in his heart was palpable. Tears turned into rivers. Whimpers metamorphosed into loud belting cries. All the while, the father sat across his son thinking, 
Just look at my face. The son couldn't see his dad's expression because he was so raptured by emotion. But on the father's face was the biggest smile the world had ever seen. On the father's face was a glance of understanding and care, approval and forgiveness, grace and mercy. His father's eyes watered in satisfaction as he looked at his son and saw his true heart. Before him stood a boy who desired to make right choices, and that's all that mattered to him. When I read Micah, I see a father who is looking at his son with joy. I see a son who is too ashamed to look back, and I see the beauty of reconciliation. In Micah's day, both Israel and Judah experienced an immense amount of economic growth. Things were going quite well. There was new wealth and new joy. There was long peace and long success. Both kingdoms hit a smooth sailing moment in their lives. And as a result, the rich started to expand their wealth to the detriment of the lower class. This is not anything new. Often when the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Often when the world is in recession, someone is in abundance. Micah was called in, however, to encourage the people to repent and turn back to God. In both Micah and our time, we often see how great wealth tends to create an even greater distance from God. Friends, don't let your surplus separate you from the Savior. Don't pray for God to bring you to a mountain and then forget about him when you get to the top. Those in power during Micah's day started to oppress the poor. They abused women and children. They disregarded God and thought that because they were powerful in their own eyes, they were above reproach. As I type these words, I can't help but see how similar our current day is in comparison to Micah's day. But Micah was a beacon of light, reminding us all that God's forgiveness is as bright as the ray of light. God is not a condescending principal waiting to suspend you from school. Instead, God hastens to forgive the child who rushes to him. God, God sees you begging for forgiveness and God will not hold or withhold his love from you. He doesn't hold love hostage. He doesn't make you jump through hoops to get to him. God isn't like humans who remember your sin and guilt you later. Instead, God forgives us. God is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all means all. Please don't forget, while you are drowning in the pool of your own guilt, to look at the Father's face. Condemnation brings shame, but there's grace on the Father's face. Once conviction hits your heart, you won't remain in that place forever. Why? Because there's grace, thank you, Jesus, on the Father's face. You are running back to the father. You are asking for help that qualifies you to be protected by the fine print written in Romans 8 and 1. There is now no condemnation to those who are in the Lord. You are not walking after or being controlled by the works of the flesh. You're chasing after God. You truly want to please him. So look at his face. Sometimes people rush to punish a deed without examining the heart that influenced it. Our hearts reveal our truth. If a guy runs to the hospital to ask for a Band-Aid, it won't help him. If we stand there pointing out where he's bleeding, just lead him to the physician. Look today, people beyond the guilt of your mistake. Look beyond the guilt of your mistake. And for once, pay attention to the father's face. The quicker you look up to the father, the soon you will see that God's love covers a multitude of sins. God has told us in his word what we must do today and every day. We must act justly. 
love mercy, and walk humbly. Act, love, walk. These are your marching orders. To act justly means to treat everyone equitably. Don't try to get over on people just because you can. They may never see it, but God sees all. To love mercy means to see the world through the lens of radical mercy. At its core, mercy is forgiveness. Mercy is a love that responds to a human need in an unexpected way. And finally, walk humbly. In other words, never leave the posture of a student. Learn to apologize quickly. Learn to appreciate others' contributions. Esteem others higher than yourself. No matter how high you go, remember that humility is a heart's posture. Each day I wake up, I am reminded of God's mercy. God didn't have to let me live. Each day he gives me another chance to get it right. Each day I have a clean slate and a fresh start. It's a new beginning. I have the opportunity to start again. I'm not going to agonize over spilled milk. I won't drown myself in thoughts like I should have prayed, I should have fasted, and all the other I should haves. I can't continue to wallow in the misery of missed moments. Instead, I will focus on fresh mercy. Each day, I have to make a decision to participate with God as he creates and crafts an amazing future for me and with me. I am grateful that God is faithful. I am grateful that God is faithful. I am so, so grateful that God is faithful. And for this, I am also hopeful. I remember being lost and hitting rock bottom, but God's love never gave up on me. I remember being overwhelmed and unfulfilled, but God's love never gave up on me. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that God's love will never run out on you? He is merciful kind and loving. It does not matter what the previous day was about. We have another chance to get it right today. Day 48 of our 90 day challenge. And I hope that you are just as excited as I am to talk a little bit about this prophet named Micah. Now listen, there are times when I'm reading scripture and I read a certain verse and it makes me think of something else. That's not necessarily eisegesis. I believe the spirit of God can conflict two thoughts and empower you to see interpretation in a way that you wouldn't have seen before it. With that in mind, look at Micah, the fourth chapter in the first verse. It says this, but in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow unto it. And I'm thinking about Micah, the mountains, and the mandate from Genesis. When God tells Adam and Eve to go and take dominion, subdue the earth, dominate the mountains. I then thought about these seven mountains of influence that we are told is a metaphor for different fields you can explore in life. And the first mountain is the economic mountain. Someone needs to be a representative on behalf of the economy in the name of the Lord. The second mountain is the governmental mountain. Someone needs to be able to sit where laws are made, legislation is had, and the documentation for political advancement, for proclamations that will get us to where we need to go. Someone needs to occupy that mountain. Family is a mountain because your family should be your first ministry slash mountain. Religious 
mountains, the mountain of religion, who will stand at the international prayer breakfast and lead various faiths and people from different walks of life into another level of love. The next mountain is media and education and arts. So these seven mountains are literally places where I believe the name of the Lord shall be lifted. Which mountain will you live in? I want you to think about those seven mountains, think about your life, and think about whether or not you're occupying the land that God told you to subdue. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe, because yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. I love this when y'all it says, and bodies are still being raised. Woo! Giants are still being slain. God, we believe, yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Say, we are here for you. Come and do what you do. We set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do.
Sit.